We're in the fifth week of our current series we've been calling Dangerous Prayer, a phrase that sounds strange, rather like an oxymoron. We think of prayer as comfortable and familiar, grace before meals to invoke blessing, traditional devotions that give expression to faith or provide encouragement for living. Dangerous prayer sounds different, and it is. Dangerous prayers make specific requests to God. When we pray dangerous prayers, we bring very clear petitions to him. Dangerous prayers require us to stretch our faith and trust in God. They take us to places in our relationship with God we haven't been before. Dangerous prayers rely on God's power and presence. We expect to hear from God. Dangerous prayers mean you're all in. They're cries from the heart. They connect with the deepest desires of the heart. Dangerous prayers search your soul. They break your habits. They change your path and set you on the direction of the more that God has in store. They're move mountains, work wonders, expect miracles kind of prayer. Well, as we launch this series, we acknowledge that some prayers work and some prayers don't in the sense that they don't seem to affect what they propose, which is actually true of everything we undertake in life. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So that fact alone need not dissuade or discourage us from renewed efforts at prayer. And actually, in the course of this series, we've been focusing on praying more, as in more skillfully, more powerfully, more effectively. And so we challenged you to identify at least one dangerous prayer that you could be focused on in the course of this series. We're talking about a prayer that needs God to show up, that needs God to come through to make it happen. We took one week in the series to look at prayer of healing. Prayer of healing. Turns out a big part of Jesus' ministry was all about healing. We reflected together that that same Jesus who touched and changed people 2,000 years ago still does today. He heals through prayer. Then we took a week to look at what we called morning offering. What's that? Well, it's an entirely simple prayer, first thing in the day, offering the day and our very selves back to God. It's an ancient Christian custom, and it can be an effective one, too. And for specific examples of morning offerings, because they can take different forms, check it out on our website. Last week, we looked at prayers of provision, prayers of provision. We all have need for money and many other resources and needs besides, and God is provident. God is a provider. So it's entirely appropriate to come before him in our need with our needs. At the same time, God also invites us to be a source of blessing to others. And those two things go together. As we wrap up this message, please remember that the entire series is available anytime online, on demand, and of course, that's on 
our website. This week, we are going to look at the most dangerous prayer of all, the most dangerous prayer ever in all of human history. And to help us out, we're going to look at a passage from the letter to the Hebrews. Hebrews is a book of the Bible. It is a book of the New Testament written to a community of Jewish Christians who were struggling. They were struggling with their faith. Initially, they had accepted Christ with fervor and enthusiasm, but eventually they became discouraged. In the midst of a culture hostile to Christianity and the very real threat of persecution, they became discouraged. Some had stopped gathering in the community. Some had stopped attending mass. Some others were even tempted to walk away from their faith entirely. Hebrews offers all kinds of helpful insight and advice and encouragement for Christian living, such as this interesting tidbit. It is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats take away sin. It's verses like this that are the reason why people don't read the Bible. What does it mean? The blood of bulls and goats, really? Well, the overall point of Hebrews is to show this Jewish Christian community that Christ completes and perfects the covenant God first made with the Jewish people. God made a covenant with the Jewish people starting with Abraham, and for their part in the covenant, pious Jews practiced worship, sacrificial worship, sacrificial worship that took the form of blood sacrifice, thus the reference to bulls and goats, which doesn't sit very well with our modern sensibilities. But remember, we're talking about people thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago with very different kinds of sensibilities. And the point remaining that blood sacrifice was sacrifice, and yet, as a sacrifice, it was imperfect and incomplete before the majesty of God. The author of Hebrews, who, by the way, we don't know who that was, maybe St. Paul, the author is, is saying that pious Jews sacrificed animals in the temple as atonement for sin, but it never quite did the trick. It never completely got us back in alignment, in right relationship with God. And so, the author continues, for this reason, when Jesus came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but a body prepared for me. What does that mean? Well, Jesus came into the world, the second person of the Trinity, taking on flesh and blood to be the complete and total sacrifice to wipe away our sins and put us in right relationship with God out of love for the Father in accordance with the will of the Father. And he concludes in Jesus' own voice, behold, I come to do your will. This is a theme that we hear over and over uh, again in Jesus' preaching and teaching. He talks about 
the will of God. When he taught his friends and followers how to pray, he taught them to say, thy will be done. And when he himself turned urgently to, to prayer the night before he died, that was his prayer, your will be done. And that prayer was a difficult prayer for Jesus himself to pray because Luke goes on to tell us, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like blood. Talk about dangerous prayer. It was a dangerous, bloody prayer that he prayed that night before he died. At one and the same time, the most dangerous, the most powerful, the most effective prayer of all, the most effective prayer ever. Thy will be done. When we pray, thy will be done, and seriously surrender our will to God's will, we open ourselves up to experience the movement of God's power. Once Jesus' will was aligned with the Father's on that Holy Thursday night, he steadfastly determined to go to the cross, to suffer and die for our sins, the most powerful movement of God since creation itself. And the same is true for us. When we surrender our will to God's will, we get to see the movement of God's power. Not quite the creation and redemption of the whole world, but perhaps, maybe, a movement of God in our world. A triumph over past faults and failures. The resolve to undertake fresh struggles. More confidence to face current challenges. So, as we essentially wrap up this series and look at where to go from here, I want to briefly acknowledge three different groups of people. If you've joined us for any or all of this series here on Ridgely Road or online, you definitely fall into one of these three groups. First group includes all the people to whom your dangerous prayer was not, I repeat, not answered. You were praying for something to happen in the course of this series, and it definitely did not happen. No ambiguity, no doubt about it. It just didn't happen. You prayed, and you didn't get the job. You prayed, and you still had to have the surgery. You prayed and witnessed the, the relationship completely crash burn. You didn't have your prayer answered. What do you do? do? How do you process that? No. Well, you might begin by changing your prayer. Pray a different prayer. Really? Really. Think about it. God was asking Jesus to do something he didn't want to do. He didn't want to suffer and die. He didn't want to do it. And that was his prayer. Jesus prayed that there would be some other way to redeem humanity than his having to go to the cross. That was his prayer, and the answer to that prayer was no. So what did he do? Well, he changed his prayer. He prayed, not as I will, but as you will. He changed his prayer, and that prayer was answered, and in the course of that prayer, he was strengthened to accept the Father's will. And that's what we need to do sometimes too. 
We need to trust that God has a greater plan, a a bigger vision, or that the Father is teaching us something we can only learn through this particular experience, even if there's suffering and setbacks involved for us, or that God is going to use our suffering and setbacks for the good of others. We change our prayer. The second group, which I would guess is the biggest group, includes all the people who haven't exactly gotten a no, but haven't exactly gotten a yes either. Maybe you saw a little progress. Maybe you saw no progress at all. Maybe the situation got worse. There are more arguments among your kids. No peace at home. There are bills to be paid and no plan for how. There are more aches and pains to deal with daily and no clear answer why. What's going on? Well, perhaps God is redirecting you in prayer. Maybe, maybe you should pray the same prayer differently. Pray the same prayer differently. You've been praying for a new job, but perhaps you need to be praying for a clearer sense of purpose in the work you already do. You've been praying for recovery from addiction, but perhaps you need to be praying for healing for your heart first. You've been praying for your family to be reconciled, but perhaps you need to be praying for renewal and revival in your family. Here's a hint. The blessings of the kingdom of God flow when I bring specific aspects of my life under the rule of Jesus Christ. Name the specifics of what you're praying about. For instance, you're praying for a job. List the specific responsibilities and assignments and duties you'll have and the people you'll be working with. You're praying for recovery. Pray for the problems addiction has caused you and your family, the people you've hurt, and how. You've been praying for your, for your family. Remember each by name and their needs. Be specific. And of course, the third group are those who actually have experienced an answer to their prayer. You've seen God move, and if that's you, praise God. And I don't mean that just as an expression. Literally, praise God. Praise him not only as a simple act of gratitude, but also because your gratitude, your praise will reinforce the ground you've gained, the healing, the provision, the sense of purpose. And whatever your experience in this series, whether you got to know, are struggling to hear any kind of answer at all, or experienced an answered prayer, the bottom line is to Keep praying. You know, over and over again, Jesus urged his friends and followers to persistence in prayer. It was the most consistent advice that he gave when it comes to prayer. Keep on praying. And the very best way, the surest way to do that is to seek out the prayerful support of others. And to do that, we have a brand new tool just for you, just for you. And of course, everybody else in the parish too. To help you out when it comes to perseverance in prayer, to provide encouragement and support for all your prayerful efforts, we are introducing today, for the very first time ever, anywhere, a prayer wall. What's that? 
Well, this is a place where you can make prayer requests anonymously, if you prefer, asking others to prayerfully support you, to pray for you, to remember your needs and intentions in their prayer, and to join you in praise and thanksgiving. One especially sharp feature of our prayer wall is that you can choose to be alerted. You can choose to be alerted each time someone actually does pray for you. And I gotta tell you, I've been playing with this all week and I really got a kick out of it. It's really very encouraging when someone joins you in prayer. Anyway, be sure and check it out today at our website on our homepage and feel free to share it with friends and family. Elsewhere in that same letter to the Hebrews, our author writes this. It is a fearful, wonderful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. I think that, that verse sums up perfectly this whole series. It's a fearful, wonderful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And that is exactly what we do in serious prayer. If we're serious and sincere and specific about prayer, we're placing ourselves in the hands of the living God. Dangerous prayers are fearful. They're fearful because they're bold and risky. They're fearful most of all, I suppose, because we're, we're giving up control. But they can lead us to accept and understand God's will, to persevere even when we can't, and most of all, to praise God's goodness and grace through it all. And that makes them wonderful.